It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Podcast, powered by Welcome Home Beef. For the highest quality fillets, ribeyes, well, any cut of beef, you want to try Welcome Home Beef. Find it at a grocery store near you. Everybody, listen carefully. You're listening to the SEC Insider Hit on the Bound Show. Fueled by Fleetway Market. Fuel up your car and cooler at Fleetway this football season. Let's go! All right, good morning, welcome in. Uh, The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Kinetic Staffing. Kinetic Staffing. Add more more talent to your roster. Kineticstaffing.com. And uh, we talk about talent, recruiting all the time. Get the right people on the field with Kinetic Staffing. Find your talent you need to achieve excellence. Legal and professional contract and career positions, Alan Lang and and the team, kineticstaffing.com. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-C. I I think most of you know that, but kineticstaffing.com. Let them be your talent scout for your firm or company. Kineticstaffing.com. Alan Lang and the team will take care of you. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app, and you can watch the show right now on the on Facebook, search the Out of Bounds Show. Facebook, search the Out of Bounds Show. We welcome in Steve Robertson, uh, two four seven Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us jeanspage.com. He joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Uh, Steve, what was it like uh, once you finally received the shipment of your new book, uh, Dogpile, on the twenty twenty one MSU Baseball National Championship last week? Well, it's almost like having a baby, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you, you, you're so expectant of something great to happen. And then, you know, the, down the stretch, you're, you're just hoping nothing goes wrong. And, and we had some things go wrong, got some delays from the printer, but uh, finally got them in hand. And it was kind of a surreal moment. I mean, you know, I finished writing this book back in August and it usually takes about six to eight weeks to get a book printed. It took about five months. And so, it's the supply chain issues we're all dealing with, but uh, until it happens to you, you don't think it's real. But uh, and now it's been on the market now for a couple of days, and uh, I believe they'll be getting some stock at Lemuria today, and uh, I'll be down there this Saturday from 12 to 2, and then I'll be at Persnickety in Madison later that day, I think from 3 to 5. And so it's been very well received and a lot of long lines at the book signings uh, so far. Well, congratulations. Um... What's the website again? It's dogpilethebook.com. That's okay. com. How many uh, did you sign since you got them Thursday or Friday? Well, I, I spent the last couple of days in Madison. Matter of fact, I went and ate at, uh, at your little stop in the road down there in Livingston last night and had a tremendous meal. But, oh, great. Uh, 
Yeah, spent all day yesterday signing books. And I guess I sold, I signed about 3,500, I guess, yesterday. And so, and they've already ordered a second printing. I mean, you know, usually what happens is like the first printing comes in, you go back and kind of re-edit. And there's always people that'll say, hey, you screwed this up, dude. You got to fix it. And so we're not going to have time to do that. I mean, with these supply chain issues, I mean, even the second printing will be basically the first printing. You know, I think that's all they'll change is first printing, second printing. Uh, because they're trying to pump these books out as quickly as they can, because we expect to sell this book, you know, probably kind of evergreen. But we know this year, even from now all the way up to Christmas, the demand for it's going to be tremendous. Your favorite interview in the book? Got to be Ron Polk. Um, you know, it's interesting, too, and that's actually chapter two in the book. And if I can back up a second, what, one of the things that was important to me and Chapter one is called The Boys from the South. Because, uh, you know, basically back in those days, everybody kind of recruited their own neighborhoods. You know, I mean, that's what you did. I mean, you recruited, you know, your same geographic area. But when Polk got here, you know, Polk was among the first national recruiters in college baseball. And I didn't know this. He was the first full time baseball coach in Southeastern Conference history. You know, everybody else had something else to do. And it's amazing how Polk's brain works. I mean, he just starts rallying off, you know, this guy worked at this school and he had to handle the buses and the transportation and this guy ran the equipment room and this guy sold insurance on the side because Kentucky wasn't paying him enough. You know, and the thing that I learned kind of talking to Polk and inter interviewing Cohen a little bit too is just Mississippi State has been an innovative school when it's come to college baseball you know, for over 100 years, you know, one of the first schools to have lights and night games and, that, and thanks to Dutch McCool and uh, Paul Gregory and those guys. I mean, it's like it, it revolutionized the sport in many respects because, you know, people love coming to the ball games, but, you know, college baseball games were played in the afternoon back then because you didn't have lights. And so all of a sudden Dutch McCool makes this big donation to Mississippi State to put lights up and now all of a sudden college baseball in Starkville became an event. So people would get off work every day and run out there to the beer garden and throw back a coal and watch the diamond dogs play. And that's really the precursor to what we have today. And not just in Mississippi state, but in the Southeastern conference. Wow. That is interesting. Okay. Uh, how much are, are these interviews are, are, are they dedicated chapters? Like is Ron Polk a whole chat? How does that work? Yeah. So, yeah, so the first chapter is basically the history of Mississippi State baseball up to the hiring of Ron Polk. And then okay. chapter two is Ron Polk brings you up basically up to uh, the hiring of John Cohen. And then, of course, John Cohen takes you through his time as a player and a coach and now as an AD and hiring Chris Amonis. And then you've got Chris talking about his hiring, taking the job, that whole process. And, like, one of the cool things, and I don't know that the book really does it justice, he says that um, – when the first time he got here, and I believe it was Bo Hemphill that drove them around and brought the family at a Duty Noble Field, and Chris said one of his daughters just looked at him and said, Dad, you know, it's kind of like, can you believe this place, you know? And Chris just said, he said, I know, I know, baby, I know. <laughs> and it's like you, you get chills thinking about seeing all that. And I wrote about that, but it's like to hear Chris explain it, you know, it's like you, you begin to kind of realize – you know, kind of what you've got your arms around here, you know, with Duty Noble Field and Mississippi State. And, and then Chris kind of sets it up and he goes, you know, even back in the fall, I thought we had an Omaha team, you know. I thought we had a team capable of doing some amazing things. And then that gets you into the season. And so there's a dedicated chapter 
for every week of the season all the way through the national championship. Okay. All right. Steve Robertson talking about his new book, uh, Dog Pile. And he'll be at Lemuria what day, Steve? Saturday. Saturday, 12 to 2. And then for Snickety, 3 to 5, I think. Okay. All right. So Saturday, 12 to 2, 3 to 5 per, per Snickety. Um, so when you when you talk to Lamonis, did you ever ask him, like, how how much time it took him to say yes to Cohen? I mean, like, was it two seconds? What Did you get any of that? Yeah, we did talk. Yeah, it was yeah, it, it was kind of trending in that direction, you know, and that was one of the things John talked about. It's like, you know, and then, of course, they're real protective, protective of other candidates. I mean, you know, it's like, and, and John even tells you that, like, towards the end, as we had kind of focused in on Chris and thinking of Chris is our guy, some of the guys in the beginning that we really targeted kind of came back around. We're like, hey, let's talk about this again. But at that point, we were kind of locked in on our guy. And in hindsight, that's proven to be the right decision because, sure. you know, we've had some great matches here at Mississippi State. We've only had one win an Apple championship, and that's Chris Lamonis. Uh, did you interview Raffi? I did. I interviewed Raffi, actually, after uh, – I interviewed Raffi when we got home from Omaha and then uh, called him back again and got some more quotes for the book. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing, too, like, you know – I say this, you know, with as much respect as I can, but it's like when I think about many of our former players, and there are so many of them that you'll find out in the left field lounge, you know, during big weekends and that kind of stuff. But you know, the way that Rafik has come back and really embraced the Mississippi State family the past few years, I mean, it's it's remarkable to see, you know, one of our most beloved, you know, diamond dogs out there at the team hotel helping people he doesn't know offload their luggage to go check in to go to Omaha. I mean, it's like, who does that? I mean, it's right. This is Rafael Palmero, a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame, a guy that's got his name on buildings on this campus, and he's out there taking every picture, shaking every hand, and basically is one of the fans. I mean, it's like, and I love the fact that they showed you know, him and Dak, of course, in the on the broadcast. And there's Rafi, and and we talked about, and this is in the book too, it's what it felt like to finally hold that trophy. You know, when that '84 team probably should have won it, and Polk says. That's one thing, too, I asked Polk about which of the teams that didn't win it probably should have, because we all think 85-89. Polk says 84-14. Oh, they lost to UNO, gut-wrenching in the regional. Good grief. Right? Yeah. And so it's crazy about all that stuff. We die. Well, and what's interesting about, you know, Polk's vantage point's different than ours. You know, it's like, you know, we see the end result, but he sees these guys every day and you know, and, and practice and stuff. And, and yeah, I just think, you know, what Rafi's done, and he, he, we talked about it was always his goal to win an Apple championship. And, you know, when Miami was recruiting him, they were the defending Apple champions, but Ron Polk beat him to get him here. And he never got to hold that trophy. And, and that that's one of the most endearing images of, of Omaha is there's Rafael Palmero with the team hotel ho- hoisting that trophy skyward to our fans. It's just an amazing moment. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome. 
without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Um, Steve Robertson, the book is is now out, uh, Dogpile, on the 2021 uh, Mississippi State National Championship over Vanderbilt. Uh, Steve joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. You're listening out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Um, so you did a chapter with Cohen? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to. I mean, you know, it's like... Well, he modernized yeah. the program at a time where it needed to happen. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. Well, along those lines, too, you know, when, when, when Cohen got here, we didn't have a single verbal commitment for the next recruiting class. And Dan McDonald and Mike Bianco had, I think, 14 of the top 15 players from Mississippi, or at least nine of the top 10. The only guy they didn't have was Chris Stratton. John Cohen comes in and gets Chris Stratton, who becomes the centerpiece of the rotation, and you know, still pitching in the major leagues today. But, you know, it's just it's it's incredible to think. And I give Dan McDonald a lot of credit, you know, and uh, I think in many respects, I think most people that love Ole Miss baseball would tell you this too, that Dan McDonald not only modernized baseball at Ole Miss, I think he forced Mississippi State to modernize. I think you know, that's I think a great Green, point. You had, to, you had to get out there and compete because, you know, and, and I'm not being critical of anybody because I love everybody that's involved, but, you know, state's recruiting efforts have gotten a little antiquated. You know, we've gotten a little big for our britches. It's like, hey, well, these kids will come to camp. They all want to come to Mississippi State. Well, Bianco and McDonald are out there saying, hey, we don't need you to come to camp. We love you. We'll take you right now. Right. And so by the time – and then so what happens, those kids never showed up on the Mississippi State campus for a camp. And I think when John got here, you know, he kind of fought fire with fire. Uh, and I, and John's a competitor, as you know, and I think that he saw Dan McDonald as a guy that was a real threat to Mississippi State baseball. And so he went out there and went head-to-head with him on many kids and got a lot of them. But, you know, Ole Miss obviously got a lot too. And so I think when you really look at kind of the tra- trajectory of both programs, you know, it really changed with that, you know, with McDonald coming in and kind of leading the recruiting efforts and, you know, Cohen coming to Mississippi State and kind of bringing this, uh, this dinosaur into a modern era. How about the fact that Lamonis is tied to McDonald? And I've actually, I've actually talked to Dan about that when we were in Omaha, and uh, Dan and his wife came, and I joked with him a little bit that uh, he, he wasn't wearing the Mississippi State logo. He had a maroon shirt on, but his pride would only let him go so far, you know, and uh, joked with him a little bit about that. But I'll tell you, the guy is so incredibly engaging, and uh, we talked about – he and Chris, and I said, you know, Chris has told me before that he's never going to schedule you guys no matter where you go. And he goes, no, we will never do that. He says, we will never schedule a series or a game together. If we ever play, it's going to be in the postseason. We're never going to agree to do that because they're just too good of friends. And, you know, you've heard that, you know, maybe from Lamona's side, but to hear it from Dan McDonald's side, and he was very genuine in what he said. He said, you know, we're just too good of friends and too fierce of competitors that we're just not going to do it. I mean, Dan McDonald's already been to five College World Series. That is incredible. God. The guy, so he, um, he, he was very like 
engaging and you could see his relatability factor and, you know, magnetic when you were visiting with him? I saw him, but I didn't visit with him out at the CWS. Well, you can see, you can definitely tell why he's such a great recruiter. Okay. You know, I mean, he's very authentic in what he says. And, and uh, I'm sitting there and it's me and him and, and, uh, and Chris Burke and John Cohen. And so I didn't say much, you know, cause I'm like, anything that I can say adds nothing to this conversation. So I'm just going to sit back and listen to these guys talk shop a little bit. And uh, it's one of the, one of my favorite memories of Omaha is just hearing those guys talk college baseball and you know, talk about memories and about players and uh, talk about, you know, Chris Lamonis and just talk about where Mississippi state's place is. And, and, and I'll tell you, there was nobody in Omaha, Nebraska that wasn't wearing an anchor down shirt. that wasn't rooting for Mississippi state. Yeah. Because it's like this rightful, this rightful passage. It's like, and even some guys, and I won't quote those guys, but I had so many people that were there, you know, dignitaries of college baseball that were like, this needs to happen. Not just for Mississippi State, but for the sport of college baseball, because Mississippi State has committed so much resources to college baseball. You need to see it pay off for them, but also, too, to show other schools to think, hey, you know what, if we invest in this, we could get the great reward. And uh, so it's great for Mississippi State, but it's also a great thing for college baseball. Uh, okay. So who, did you get Tanner Allen? I mean, who else? Give us some other names. Yeah. Yeah. I got everybody. I mean, it's like, you know, and I kept every interview I did the entire season and, and, uh, it's so interesting, you know, like I'm signing books yesterday and it's like Stone Simmons family has bought a book, you know? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I quoted him in the Vanderbilt chapter. And then I get, (laughs) the next book comes along is it Scotty Brol's family is like, Oh yeah, I quoted him in this chapter and that chapter. And so one of my goals is I wanted to quote everybody possible, you know, I didn't get everybody, but you know, I got, you know, even got Braylon Skinner and, and uh, even got Drew McGowan and some other guys like that, because it's so important. I wanted everybody to feel a part of this. And while, you know, TA and Rowdy and Bednar, the headliners, everybody contributed. And I think that's really the, you know, probably the big maroon thread in all of this is, that while you had a couple of superstars, you, you didn't have anybody that didn't make a positive contribution. And I wanted all of those families and those players to be represented. And as I mentioned in that very first chapter, you know, I've got, I've got mentioned for every all American and every big leaguer in the history of the Mississippi state baseball program. And it was important to me to have that in chapter one, because it is important to remember number one, Mississippi state has always been great at baseball, but those people laid the groundwork for what we enjoy today. And I wanted them to be mentioned. I wanted their families to feel honored to be included in this book. While this is about the 2021 college baseball national championship, that doesn't happen without their family members. That doesn't happen without those guys. And one interesting thing I'll bring up for you too, is I remember correctly, I think it was 1919, Mississippi State had three weekend pitchers that went to the big leagues. In 1919, and it wasn't even a great year at Mississippi State. And it's like you, you, you go back and you look at all this stuff and you do this research and you find these obscure players that you've never heard of that had these all-conference type careers. And it's like, well, why have I never heard about this guy? And that's one of the things that I hope in the balance of my career that I can do is is to really kind of shine a light on some of those great maroon and white stars in, in, in college baseball that you know, maybe perhaps that my generation's forgotten about. Did you have an opportunity? I um, I think you did. Jeff Brantley in the book? No, I, I spoke to Jeff before he came, but I, I didn't get Jeff in the book. And it okay. was like, 
us, we had to make some difficult decisions because, you know, it's the longest book I've ever written, and they gave me a budget. Okay, we want to do 75,000 words, and I think I ended up doing 92,000, you know, and so. Oh, wow. Okay, I, didn't, I see. Didn't, I didn't want to cut, and it's like there's so many guys you want to talk to, you know, so I got a couple quotes in there from Will from the celebration, and, you know, you can't have a championship book, I don't think, without mentioning Will and Rafi. And no. I was very fortunate to have have some quotes from them in there. And uh, But it's just insane to think about, you know, Rafi's in Omaha and then Will comes to the, the celebration. And, you know, you'd like to have the whole family together at all times, but at least that great generation of baseball players you know, were represented at both of those historic events. And, and the thing that I go back to is in Omaha, how many players that I saw – and Polk and I talked about this. I mean, it's dozens and dozens of former players that are there with their kids. Oh, it was unbelievable. And their kids are wearing their jerseys. Yeah. Like their kids wearing their dad's jersey as they're walking around, and it's like, this has to happen. I mean, it's like this is like, you know, kind of the, the matrimonial rite of passage here for Mississippi State where all these previous generations are there. And, and what's crazy is when we had the celebration at Duty Noble Field, I interviewed the first bat boy at Mississippi State. I mean, what are the chances of that? I walk out there and just say, hey, you want to give me a couple comments? And he's the first bat boy at Mississippi State. I mean, he can barely stand. And there he is out there celebrating an national championship. I mean, this is something that's been you know, generations in the making, and uh, it's something that we'll all never forget. Uh, Steve Robertson's new book, Dogpile, is out. Uh, he'll be at Lemuria on Saturday and Persnickety. What uh, – so, did anybody get emotional when you talked to them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and what's, you know, it's one of those things, too. It's like there's just different, you know, levels of emotion, you know. And, um, you know, you know, John got emotional a couple times about, you know, in a couple different respects. And one of the things that I did not really plan to bring up, but he brought it up, was about when he was hired. And there was this perception that Polk didn't want John to get the job. And, you know, he was pushing Tommy Raffo as his successor. Tommy, sure. of course, is on the staff. But, you know, you know, and, and John talks about how all that happened and what it meant to him and how important it was to kind of get those things reconciled and how that he wishes there were some things that maybe he would have handled differently. But, you know, that was really kind of an ugly time, you know, in Mississippi State baseball history. And, and, and John, to my knowledge, had never spoken about that on the record before. And, and, again, I think he wanted to address that because I think, okay, we've won the national championship. Uh, John's been the coach that won an SEC championship and modernized Mississippi State baseball. I and mean, then the guy he's hired has won an Apple championship. So maybe now right. it's time to address that. Um, and so I thought it was really kind of beautiful. And then John was so open about that that it really surprised me. I mean, I just. No, I think that's you know, needed. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. I didn't know that till you just told me. Because I, I, yeah. I thought John got thrown under the bus and the whole thing. And, and I could say that on the air back then, but John couldn't. And nobody else wanted to touch it. Uh, and he had a massive rebuild, and he couldn't say that either because of the respect that he had for, for Coach Polk. But you just mentioned they didn't have an, even have a commitment, you know, in the class. So that I, that's fat. I mean, with all the different, uh, you know, nuggets and interviews that you did in Dogpile, to me that may be one of the, you know, most interesting and fascinating pieces of the book. Cohen weighing in. I mean, look, it took huge stones for Greg Byrne as a brand new AD to go against Ron Polk and hire Cohen. Steve? Oh, I know. And, and, and this is the thing, too. It's like, 
you know, Gene's page, we used to have Rafael Palmeira come out there and post and how he was, he felt like the coach folks and still get the opportunity to name his successor. And, you know, it's like, and so it kind of split the family, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit apart. You, know, you had Polk guys, you had Burn guys, you had Cohen guys. And, you know, now we just got Mississippi State guys and gals. That's you know, true. it's like, oh, we've overcome all that. But that was a really kind of a dark chapter in the program. And, and, that could have been the fracture that really changed the trajectory of Mississippi State baseball. But I, I think you give John Cohen a lot of credit. He didn't let that happen. Yeah. And John came in here, I think, in some ways, it may have even motivated him to, to prove himself even more. And then next thing you know, we win an SEC championship, the first one since 89. And, and so, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people that really, their love for Mississippi State baseball kind of paved the path to reconciliation. Yeah, that's a great way to frame it up. Uh, the book, The Dog Pile, is out. And um, Steve Robertson, the author, this will outsell anything he's done, maybe by 100 miles. But uh, he'll be at Lemuria 12 to 2, Saturday and Persnickety 3 to 5. And we're going to book him here in about 55 minutes at the Y'all Lifestyle Shop or um, at the studio. So, Steve, thanks. We appreciate the time. Uh, Steve joined us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Thanks for listening to the show today. Uh, Our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. And you can search the Out of Bounds show with Bo Bounds. If you miss Tom Luganville on Auburn and several other things, and Steve Robertson on his new book, The Dog Pile. We'll have Mike Dettelier tomorrow at 830 on the Out of Bounds show. Have a great day. See you.